Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So, hey, I have a panel. So we're going to have a panel of people because I am super smart and wise, but I do have my limits, guys. So um, I think it'd be great to get some diverse perspectives on the questions that you had. I don't want to be the only one answering your questions. So um, give a round of applause to our panel. Coming up. All right, man, you guys have asked some. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for the waters, y'all. So you guys and girls have asked some really interesting questions. And um, I was able to see the names of everybody who sent a question. So we'll make sure that we don't miss you. I'm just kidding again. Um, <laughs> y'all, this is great. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Um, well, look, we're going to make our way down the road. Um, some of you are new here, and some of you may not know. So this is Pastor Brandon. He's an associate pastor here, and I'll let him. Um, I think they should be ready to roll. Oh, let's push this one right here. There we go. All right. Take it away, Pastor. How y'all Nate. doing tonight? Doing okay? Hello. Are y'all awake? If you're not awake, raise your hand. Okay. Hey, made me look good, guys. Yeah. Come on, respond. Y'all it's all right. Look, that's that. what I was going to say. You know, Pastor Brady, like you said, I'm, I'm one of the associate pastors here, but I'm excited. You know, my wife and I are excited about being here tonight. For those that don't know, we were the youth pastors here for seven and a half years. So we love, still love doing youth ministry, love being with the teenagers. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh, just being back there during worship was exciting, just sensing the presence of God. I'll tell you what, man, worship was great. I was just telling Grace that and Josh is. It was, I've been sick, so it's like, you know, when you're not feeling good. You know when you're sick, you, like, feel the least spiritual? Did you ever notice that? Man, it's yeah. just like, God, he's like, where are you? Or, you know, take me home. I just, you know, kind of thing. And so, uh, but, man, I just was so good being in the presence tonight, being in worship. It was like, man, I, I needed that. It was, it was refreshing to my soul. So, anyway, so uh, we are excited to be here, and I'm, uh, this is my lovely bride, Cassie. That's me. Oh, I know. <laughs> Okay, well, it's great to be here again. I'm. Uh, this has been so much fun, Pastor Brady. I, like, totally miss the students. So this has just been so good for me. I've enjoyed coming here the past few weeks. So um, anyway, y'all, I've already met and introduced myself to y'all. But um, Pastor Brady was asking me, he's like, you know, who else could we, who's another female that we could put on the panel with us to answer questions? And I was thinking, and I was like, man, I, I want to, you know, get a single woman up here so she could represent the single ladies. And um, also, I think it's really cool because she's got something that I don't have. She grew up in church and I didn't. So when I was and when I'm going to be answering questions and the, you know, this month I've been talking to y'all from a woman's point of view, you know, I, I, um, almost half my life was in the world. And, you know, she is where a lot of y'all are growing up in the church. And so I just thought that she would have a great perspective. This is my friend Maria, for those of you that don't know her. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, AKA Pocahontas. Follow that yes. <laughs> no, uh, I'm really happy to be here. I was approached couple hours ago so I'm super prepared <laughs> no uh but I am I grew up I was pretty much birthed on a pew my dad was a worship leader and so we grew up 
our whole lives in church and every Sunday, every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, every single special occasion. We were here. Consistent. I have great answers for all of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, um, we're going to, there's no particular order um, that we decided to put these in, so we're just going to tackle them one by one. And what I'll do is I'll read a question um, before I get started. Um, James, can you do me a huge favor, man? Can you put um, the text number on the back screen? Um, we're going to answer these first, but if you uh, want to text a question, I'm going to have my phone with me. You can text it, and don't you dare send something cheesy in the moment. Try to get a laugh out of me. I won't answer the question if it's that. All right, um, so the first question that we got is this. It says, if a guy that you're interested in is not a virgin, so um, or girl, obviously. So if a guy or a girl that you're interested in is not a virgin, but since that decision that he or she has made, so since they've lost their virginity, um, he has made a choice to change. Okay, so let me just paraphrase this question. I just kind of typed them right up exactly the way I got them. So if someone that you're interested in isn't a virgin, but they've made a decision to change that lifestyle. Um, is, is he or she redeemable? And could God give that first time back? Question number one. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yep. Everybody understand no, the question? Yep. Yeah. All right, want to just go down the line? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and, and that's cool. As we were actually, me, Pastor Brady, and Cassie, were, uh, we met earlier and was looking over these questions. Uh, I was that guy, so it's cool. I can speak on that because I was that guy before I um, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, before I got married, I was not a virgin in the in the physical aspect. Um, you know, uh, I you know I, I definitely lived an impure life uh, sexually. Got exposed to pornography at a very early age and became sexually active at, at my freshman year in high school, and that continued on until I got saved when I was twenty four. So a solid you know decade. And and the answer is yes. We know that. You know, God's very clear in his words that he can redeem everyone in every situation. So whenever I got born again, it was a Wednesday night service in the main sanctuary. I truly believe the night that I got born again, that that I was a born again virgin. I truly believe that God had redeemed me. And even though physically I had, you know, crossed that threshold, I knew and I understood the gospel even almost immediately uh, because that night I, I I didn't plan on sharing this, but that night I went home and I was laying in my bed and I remember talking to the Lord and, and, and I was still physically involved um, in, in, in a relationship. And I remember thinking, like, maybe, you know, you know, I just kind of one or two more times kind of get that out of my system thing. And then the, the night I got saved, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, if you're going to serve me, you're going to serve me all the way. And I knew right there like, like that was it, that I needed to cut off all physical relationships, all, all sexual relationship to the T to begin to pursue God. And I believe in that moment, that night, in that instance, when I did that, I began God to forgive me, begin to cleanse me, begin to, you know, redeem me. And he really did redeem me. And so whenever I stood at the altar, um, you know, which, you know, I was really blessed and we're going to get into some of these questions later, but, you know, I got married a year and a half to the day after I got saved. So, you know, I don't know, don't ask me questions like, how do you wait for your wife so long and stuff? I really don't know the answer to that because God blessed me really quickly and I got married a year and a half later. But I will say from the day I got saved to the day I got the night I got married, you know, I truly believe I was a born again virgin. And when I stood at the altar and said, I do that night that I was redeemed and a born again virgin in the Lord's sight. So, yes, it's possible. I am 
an example of that. Yeah. Yes. So I want to um, come at you from the other side of it. Um, I, when I got saved, I just wanted a godly person. I honestly was like, as long as they're godly, they probably have a past just like me. Um, and so I, I just wanted a, a godly man. But let me tell you, what happened was, is I was a virgin when we got married. And after that, to be honest, I had to deal with his past a little bit. Like, I don't want him to share his story. And then you think like, oh, yay, it's all clean and good. No, there's another side. And so I want to give you that side. Um, after I had, you know, I had never done that. And so once after we were married, I was like, whoa, you did this? with how many women? And that was really hard for me. And he was like, babe, I'm a different man. Like the man who did that way back, you know, when I'm not the same person. And to be honest, it took a little while for me to get that. Cause I really, you know, I, it just, it did. I, it, it just did. And that's the truth. But through his persistence in, you know, convincing me and uh, convincing me like I'm a different man and me seeing the fruit in his life of him. I knew he was a different man. Um, and me praying, you know, it was all good. And so I just want to tell you that there was a challenge there on my end. So if, if somebody's in my shoes or where I was, you know, God is, he is a God. Of, he's a redemptive God. He redeemed that. And he even, you know, brought it full circle with yeah. myself later on. Did that make sense? Totally, oh my. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's no particular order. So if anybody has it, just flag your mic. But for me, um, and I, I, I said a lot of this stuff whenever I preached about this subject uh, in the general message when everybody was in here. Um, but the way I was, I was kind of just the area I grew up in, it was a courtesy to, to have or keep your virginity. It wasn't, um, I didn't grow up a Christian. And so honestly, it was more of like, a polite thing to do rather than a pure thing to do. And until I got saved, I never really, I don't think I ever heard the word purity other than maybe like a purity ring. And I just, I heard like, oh, that's a purity ring. They're not going to have sex till they're married. Like I didn't have an opinion about it other than the knowledge of it. Okay. And so um, I definitely was, I was not sexually pure before I got saved, but whenever I did get saved, there was like three big things that happened um, to me instantly. And one of them was I was I was big into drugs and drinking all the time and um, sleeping around, all those things. And, um, you know, the drugs aspect of things, I really wanted to quit, to be honest with you. Um, but I couldn't. It had become a lifestyle. All of my friends lived that same lifestyle. So if I'd have quit that, I'd have had to quit all my friendships, too. And it was just a hard thing. It really had a pull of me. But when I got saved, instantly the desire left me to do any of that stuff. And I had tried to quit on my own, but I couldn't. Well, that was the first big thing. The second big thing was I had a revelation of like what purity was. And at the altar, all this happened in a moment. And I realized like, oh my gosh, this is, there's a spiritual component to this. And, I, and it's like I went through all of this in a, in a second. Like I went through the process of realizing, oh my goodness, like I, I've had sex and there's, there's a spiritual component to this. I had no idea. And then I was truly repentant, like, oh, my God, like I had this dialogue with God, like, Lord, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it again. I'm really sorry. And then in, in that instant, I totally felt I totally felt clean, like I felt forgiven. And, uh, and I really ragged somebody in high school who I'd heard say that they felt like they got their virginity back. And um, I was a junior. This guy was a senior. And he said that to a room of people like you. And he was kind of sitting where I was. 
And I, I literally laughed out loud, like, are you kidding me, dude? That's ridiculous. And, um, and the Lord reminded me of that right, right when I got saved, after I went through all that stuff at the end of, of that progression of, of conversation with God. So um, to say all of that, I would say, yes, they're redeemable. The part that says, um, could God have that first time back? Yeah, for sure. My, my answer in short would be, um, sorry, I'm terrible with short answers. Um, we know. <laughs> I was waiting on that. All right. My answer in short is yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's redeemable. But I want to add this to that question. Um, a person who, uh, who really, a person who goes through something like that, they should show fruit of that. So here's what I mean. Girls, if there's a guy who says, hey, listen, I, I've done these things. I've repented. I feel forgiven. Um, I, I feel clean, all that type of stuff. If he's still trying to hook up with you, that's a lie. All right? Amen. So don't fall for that nonsense. There's, I've, I've heard that game for a while, um, and it's, it's really old game, and it ain't smooth no more. You know? So hey, don't fall for it. Uh, guys, same thing. You know, if a girl says that type of stuff and she don't live that way, right. pay attention to what people do, not what people say. So this is, this is a yes. big deal question. So look for the fruit of it, you know. Okay, question two. You mentioned that having sex, a sex drive is normal. So how are we supposed to handle it? Um, a sex drive is normal. How are we supposed to handle it? So when I mentioned that, the context of what I said was, um, when God said, be fruitful and multiply, a sex drive entered a man and a woman. And like when I say sex, that feeling you get of, oh, my God, he said sex again. That's shame. You shouldn't feel that way. All right. God created sex. It's OK. In the right context. When it's out of the context is where you feel the shame. And so we can have a healthy conversation about it. So when I say you mentioned that having sex, uh, sex drive is normal. Um, how are we supposed to handle it? That's the context of that statement. How are we supposed to handle it? Panel. I don't know. I no, go. Sure. Maria, you hadn't answered yet. You want to? Oh, I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> it's your turn, girl. Go ahead. No. On the spot. Just, let me hear y'all, and then okay. I'll say. You want to go? Ooh. I can kick it off. Yeah. I just want to give the ladies a chance. I, don't, I know. Because I know how we can. We, we could be we preaching. Can, yeah. We do that. We do that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go past me? We'll go down okay. the line. It won't be long, though. Are you going to no. go? Oh, no, no. You was just... feeling it? Okay, I got it. Let me, let me start. Say, <laughs> like, Yeah. Feel free to, feel free to check me. Like, oh, I will. <clears throat> okay. All right. So you mentioned I think she just did. <laughs> yeah, she kind of did. Yeah. Okay. How are we supposed to handle it? Um, I would say this um, for guys. Let me speak for guys because um, I'm not a girl. So I don't know how you. How you supposed to handle? I mean, I, I get some some biblical things, but let me speak practically, guys. Um, one way you need to handle a, a sex drive because yeah, it is it is a natural thing. Um, you need to make sure that the relationships in your life um, value purity in the sense of not just not having sex. Right. You need to make sure they don't feed or stoke a fire of that type of conversation all the time. Or don't surround yourself with people who they just want to sit around and check out girls all day. Because you can pray, God, help me manage my sex drive. Come on, Lord, this is difficult. And you're around your buddies and you just talk about things you shouldn't be talking about. That's kind of silly, don't you agree? Like, God, help me to manage my sex drive. Hey, dude, did you see that girl over there? Ooh, man. Like, 
That doesn't work, all right? You gotta, you gotta be a co-laborer with God. When you pray, you gotta help him out a little bit. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is, if you're a guy, then you have testosterone, all right? Um, guys, by show of hands, that's not gonna be a sexual question, so don't already decide not to raise your hand. By show of hands, um, how many of you, man, you, once you hit puberty, like once you started turning into a man, you found you started to get angry way easier. <laughs> Josh is standing on the speaker back there. Me! <laughs> All right. Um, how many of you got more competitive? Let me see your hands. More competitive. Okay. Second, third question. Um, before you went through puberty, I'll, let me just speak for me and not turn this into a question. If my friends would have said, hey, let's hang out, and a girl would have said, hey, let's hang out, I'd have been like, I ain't hanging out with no girl. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm trying to go play some sports or something. I want to hang out with my boys. After puberty, I started ditching my friends, wanting to hang out with a girl. Something changed, right? So the sex drive occurred, hey, do things that, that get testosterone out, like get involved in athletic things, get involved in competitive things. There's nothing wrong with competition. Competition can be healthy competition or unhealthy. Get involved in some healthy competition. Um, work out. Do some things that, um, that help you to blow off some steam. You may not think that stuff's related, uh, but it is. But it is. So that's enough. Yeah, and, and going on the, the, the actual term sex drive, the way you can only drive a car if you add fuel to it, right? Mm, so, yes, God's putting a, a sex drive in us, but we can fuel that fire or we can uh, do things to, you know, just hold it at bay. Again, I can have a car. Matter of fact, whenever I got my first car, when I was, you know, I think 14 years old and, and back then, and I always say this with youth, and I don't want to make you feel jealous or nothing, but like I got my license at 15 years old on my 15th birthday, no drivers there, nothing. I was driving. Man, he so I had to wait. <laughs> so, so I had to wait, you know, I had to wait, but I had this car parked in my, in my yard for months, maybe a year before. And, and, you know, it was my car to drive once I got my license, but, you know, I couldn't do anything with it. I wouldn't put much fuel in it. I would go start it up and rev the engine to keep the, the motor going and stuff, but I, but I wouldn't actually drive it. I wouldn't do things to drive it. I wasn't feeding into, uh, in, into me driving until I had the license to do so. Well, yes, God's putting a sex drive in us, but uh, the main thing, and I think Cass is going to speak on it too, is, is our thoughts. Philippians 4 says, one of my favorite scriptures, and I use it often, but the Bible says, think upon things that are good, that are honorable, that are praiseworthy. You know, it, the things, how are you going to fuel your sex drive? One is through relationships. Big part of it, I would say the majority of it is going to be through your thought life. Yeah. It's how much you think about it. Like he was saying about, you know, that's the fuel for your sex drive is how you're, what you're thinking about, you know? And so, you know, until you get the license, you know, just like I couldn't drive that little car talking about my license, this is the license to let that sex drive go. And it's with one person, yeah. right? And so until Amen. you have this license, you shouldn't be fueling it. Even when we were engaged and getting close, you know, we would, you just, until that day came, you know, you have to be careful how to fuel it. So if you, your thoughts are going there, because it is normal, you have the hormones, you have all that stuff, you got to redirect your thoughts. You really do. Yeah. And you got to not fuel that thing. You got to think about things that are honorable, that are praiseworthy, that are pure, all the things we've been talking about. And so that's one of the ways that you can uh, control it, so to speak, or handle it, is by your thought life, is redirect your thoughts. Even, look, guys, and it, it don't have to be spiritual. Yes, dwell on the Word of God, read, but we talked about that earlier. It's just like, man, I, a lot of y'all know, I mean, I, I love the outdoors. I like to hunt and fish. Pastor Brady loves fishing and stuff, too. Look, you know, man, if it's just like, 
you're really struggling, you're praying, redirect your thoughts. Like, man, it's getting warm outside. I wonder how the water levels are. I wonder if they catch in, in salt water and fresh water. Just, man, redirect your thoughts. That's yeah. just, just to something productive, right? You know, just to where, and I'm telling you, it works. You can just, you know, you just shift over into something else and you pray, obviously, God will help you. But, but the fuel is your thought life, so just remember that. Yes, and I like, uh, both of those answers were great. I like the illustration of the drive because it's true. And that's really what I, I know for us ladies, it's like really different. I mean, when God made male and he made female, it's a, we're totally different species, like for real. Amen. <laughs> and so, um, so with that, like women are very, you know, you hear emotional. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean, emotional? That means we want the feels, like the, the emotional feels of what it feels like, which is connection, what is, which is affirmation, which is just doting on. And so whenever our, a woman's, uh, although there is a physical part of it too, no doubt, but mo- for, for women, most of all, it's just what goes on in our mind. And so I, I really, that's, that's what stirs you up or that's what shuts it down. It's really, really, a high, high percentage in your mind. And so with that, what we're letting in our minds and our eye gates and our ear gates, who we're around, like Pastor Brady said, is so important. You know, people talk about movies and music and stuff like that. What I know from my experience, when I was not careful with what I was watching and the music I was listening to, and there was a time in my Christian walk after I got saved that I was listening to and watching sexual movies and sexual music. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. It talked about sex. And in that time of my life, I craved it like I had never have since I've been saved. And I'm just being real with y'all. But when I decided to turn it off and when I decided to say no to those kinds of things and stop hanging around those kinds of women, it, was the, it wasn't their fault, but the women I worked with, that's all we talked about on, all they talked about on break. And man, it was just fueling me. And so, of course, that's where I went. Well, turn it all off and really start focusing on Jesus and his word and who he says that I am. And I'll tell you, ladies, he was my fulfillment. And that's that's what I want to say to y'all is, is you ladies. And Maria, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, one one quick thing. Okay, so um, I, by nature, I'm a very touchy person. Like, I love just... I love touching, not in a bad way, so don't go there, but I just love, I love just to touch, you know, if, if it's, if I'm just talking to Cassie, before I know it, I've just, like, touched her, and one thing that I've really noticed with a lot of um, people y'all's age now, it's, people are literally hanging on each other, like, guys and girls, it's just all over each other, and I'm like, wow, good luck with this. So I'm just saying, be careful with how much you touch the opposite sex. And I mean, even now, like same sex, like be careful with, because it's it's easy for us to, oh, I love him. He's, oh my God, he's just like my best friend. Guess what? Best friends develop feelings for each other. And, you, you know, for us to, you know, after puberty, sex drive is just wah, taken off. And so you're hanging all over each other. Guess what? Things are going to happen. And and so you want to protect each other. And I'm not saying, well, Maria said we can't um, 
we can't hug anymore. We can't do anything. No, please. I love to give hugs. I love all that. But you need to be careful how long you hug, the intensity of your hug, and, um, oh, yeah, the Christian hug. Hey, here's the side hug. Let me let not one ounce of my body touch you. But anyway, <laughs> I'm saying you just need to be careful. Be aware of that. If you love the person, then protect them. Mm, yeah, that's, that's good. good. Because... You know, That's really for a lot of my guy friends, so I'm older now, so I can't just be super just loving and affectionate like I was when I was a teenager because by the time people get to be my age, they're normally married and have 10 children, okay? So <laughs> if I'm talking to a single guy who's in their 30s, they're ready to get married. So I, just, right. so I just can't casually do things anymore. So I'm just saying protect your friends, yeah, okay? So obviously... Yeah, that's all I need to say. Okay, yeah. what was it? Twenty seconds was that what we read in that book? Yeah, that, yeah I think it's I think it's twenty, fifteen or twenty seconds. Okay, so. I want to say it was twenty, but like we Brandon read in this book that when you're twenty seconds of physical contact with somebody, there's a woman begins to trust the man after a twenty second hug. Right. There's there's chemicals released in your brain like endorphins and oxytocin and all this stuff. And after a 20-second hug, or a woman... Or sway, be, uh, or when a, you're swaying yeah, together. A woman begins to trust, or a girl begins to trust the guy. Again, because God has placed that in our brains yeah. for, for marriage, for childbearing, for child nurturing. So, so, yeah, I'm glad you remembered that. So, Yeah, I got something That was that. one of the best illustrations we ever did in youth, by the way. Me and my wife hugged for like 20 seconds. Who was so. there? Blake, were you there? there? Josh, you were there? Was that a very awkward 20 we seconds? Hugged Blake, for were you 20 there when we, hu we hugged for 20 seconds in front of you? Were you, were you was there? it awkward? <laughs> it was awkward? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. So we won't do it We today. enjoyed it, though. I mean, it was, it was yeah. Well, good feedback. All yeah, right. very good. good Question stuff. three. All right. How do you fully give up your human desires to God's will? And this person said, I strive for God, but often I slip into unholy mindsets. I'll read it again. How do you fully give up your human desires to God's will? I strive for God, but often slip into unholy mindsets. Uh, would anybody like to jump right at that one? Maria, you, you, well, you one for two. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look. I think a lot of times it, we're taught in church that if something comes into your mind, oh, my God, you've sinned. You're going to hell. You thought a bad thought. Oh, my gosh. Don't. Okay, look. We all have thoughts. But the thing is, how are you going to dwell on that? Yeah, it's what good. you do with these thoughts, okay? So don't condemn yourself and punish yourself because you had a wrong thought. It's what are you going to do with this thought? Are you going to act on it? Are you going to dwell on it? So we all have thoughts that, you know, we shouldn't think. All right, so... Just, okay, God, sorry that I thought that. Let me try not to think about this the rest of the day. All right. And um, also, it's normal. And it's, a, it's really hard sometimes to be like, okay, God, here I am. I'm just going to give you all my desires, and I'm just going to fully trust you. That is a great concept. But when things don't work out as you want, hey, I wanted to be married at, I think 19 and have all six of my children by 30. Okay, well, I'll be 33. And guess what? <laughs> I don't even have a boyfriend. <laughs> but the thing, I don't want a boyfriend right now. I want to be single and just I'm enjoying single life. But the thing is this, you know, sometimes things don't work out and it's scary. And fear is a normal thing. It's just, you know, this morning I was just praying and I was just like, God, it's really hard for me to even 
say these things out loud because it scares. I, I'm scared. It, there is an amount of fear that tries to hit me. And then in that next moment, I'm just like, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to try my hardest. And sometimes it, you know, we, we speak this Christian lingo of how dare you not have faith and how can you just not trust? Well, life is hard sometimes. And, but the, the thing that we need to remember is we're not perfect, but we can't just give up and we have to, we have to try and we have to have faith and trust. Yeah. Now I'm getting to sound like Brady and talk for 35 minutes. I was minutes. thinking that. All right, oh, no. so I'm okay, stopping. Yeah, I, was that. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I think that was great. Yeah, no, I, I do want to, I want to throw a couple of things out there, you know, um, and, you know, one of the, and, and it's kind of a, a two part to, to that first question. How do I, how do you fully give up your human desires for God's will? Well, first of all, if it's desires that are contrary to God's will, one of the ways you do that again, and it goes back to a lot of the stuff that takes place in our mind, but uh, in Colossians 3, it says to focus on the realities of heaven. Don't just think about things on earth, but think about the things of heaven. A lot of times when we have desires that are contrary to God's will, we're just thinking about the earthly realm in this life and what's going on here. And God's will not only is for this life, but has eternal ramifications too. So when you think about the things of heaven, you think about eternity and think about, okay, God, but this is what I want to do. Let's use an example. It might be sexual impurity. It might be sin. I really desire to do this, to get into this relationship, to get physical in this way, but I know this can cost me on this earth and even in eternity. And so one of the things you do is you remember that this life is not all we have. Yeah. We got to remember that this life is very short and we're going to spend all of eternity in heaven if we have trusted in Christ. So that's the first part. The second part is a little different, but I want to encourage you with. You know what? You might be surprised as you start surrendering your desires to God's will that your desires and God's will might actually intertwine. Oh, Amen. They might actually intertwine. That's good. So sometimes we think we, we all just got to totally lay down our desire. And like Maria said, every thought that comes, oh, it's probably not of God because I'm 16, but not necessarily. Listen, I'll use again this beautiful specimen of a woman up here. I desired to get married and have kids even before I got saved. When I was a 19-year-old drug head, I, I, I wanted to get married. I wanted to, to have children one day. That was a strong desire of mine. Well, guess what? That was part of God's will too. But at the time, if I would have tried to marry someone that, that wasn't saved, I wasn't saved in the state, the, the guy that I was at the time, it wouldn't have been according to God's will, right? But yeah. my desire, you know, thankfully years later, intertwined with God's will. And once I got saved, I prayed, I waited on the Lord, I sought the Lord. He gave me my desire. I was able to get married. And I was able to have four beautiful children. And so just remember that. Don't, don't be, in a sense, sometimes so hard on yourself. Surrender your desires to him again, and you might be surprised that your desires and his will can definitely intertwine as you go on in life. Yeah, Very good. I, that's good. Yeah, I want to piggyback on what both of you said. Um, so there's a scripture that came to my mind when I read this earlier, and I, it's one of my favorite scriptures. And it's, uh, it's Psalms 37.4. A lot of you probably know that, but it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Have, have, how many of you have heard that scripture before? So that word delight, I was doing some, some word studies on this, and that word delight, I think I've said this in here before, means to allow your heart to be molded. 
So allow your heart to be molded by the Lord. And so when you seek God, when you seek God first, he will mold your heart. And this this thing came to my mind. Um, so let's think of a, a Lamborghini seems a little too far-fetched. Would be a good, well, Lamborghini for time's sake. Anyway, think about this. Let's say you really wanted this really nice car. I'm just going to keep the car generic. Is somebody rolling their eyes over there? Oh, yeah, I no? was just coughing. Okay. Um, let's say, follow me on the car thing. All right. Let's say you wanted this car right now. I think the average age in here is like 16 maybe. So if I gave you a car and the car note was $500 and your insurance is 150 bucks a month and your gas for the car, on, 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 on. let's say your expenses come out to 650 700 bucks. You might get that car and have that car for a month, but you can't sustain keeping it because you don't have a job that can support the blessing of the car. And so like so many people, they have this desire for a marriage or they have this desire for this relationship. And God, he's sovereign, man. God knows everything. He's, he's wiser than you. He's wiser than me. So God's looking at you and looking at us saying, hey, listen, I know this is what you want, but if I gave it to you right now, you wouldn't be able to sustain it. And, um, and so the question that you should ask yourself when, you, when you're thinking, man, like how do I give up my human desires for what God wants? Take yourself out of being the, like the wise person in the dialogue between you or God. Because, man, I can fall into that. Like I know better for me than what God has. And so the truth is if he gave you what you wanted before you're ready, you, you couldn't sustain it. You wouldn't be able to, to keep it. Good. Amen. Good. Yes, ma'am. Next question. Uh, would y'all like to read some questions? I'll too? read a question. Four, huh? no. Spunky. Question four. Oh, we're four. on four? Yeah, this should be a pretty sharp one. I think we oh, okay. all agreed about this earlier. I was feeling spunky Unless about five. I'm excited about five. Unless we get to talk. Oh, I'm excited about five. You too? Woo. Okay, number four, though. <laughs> when is the right time in a relationship to have a conversation about boundaries? Let me add them. Oh, no, I'm second. You go. Oh. Just kidding. Okay, in the beginning. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. There, y'all, y'all were talking good about it earlier today. But just What'd basically, as, as soon as we, 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 as soon as we, we, you're, you know, you're in a quote unquote dating relationship, and that's been established. A boundaries, boundaries need to be set immediately. Like, there's no like, in a couple months we'll get to that. In a couple of hours you're gonna mess up. That's right. So you know, so it needs to be like as soon as you've established that. I think. Uh, Pastor Brady had used an illustration with the white box and the black box. Was that earlier? Concept. Was that earlier in this series that you used that? (laughs) Um, Uh, that? I actually never pushed about it. Oh, okay. It's good. I just stole his thunder. Oh no, it's good. And so, but anyway, so that's my (laughs) short answer. Soon as you are an established dating relationship, boundaries need to be set. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal number nine real quick. Number nine says, "What are good boundaries to set?" And let's we you know. Pray and seek God because we can sit up here and tell you our boundaries. They worked for us. But guess what? Our boundaries were different than our best friend's boundaries and they worked for them. So when you are in a relationship, seek the Holy Spirit and ask him, hey, what do our boundaries need to be? Yes, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. I'm sorry. I was looking at a scripture. I was listening. I agree. Seek the Holy Spirit. Uh, I do. I do want to say this. Okay, about the boundaries. Um, let me refresh on that question. Sorry. Number four. Number four. Okay. When is when is the right time in a relationship to have the conversation about boundaries? Okay. And then nine are what are what are good boundaries to set? She combined the two. Okay. Um, 
I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time reading. All right. So in Ephesians, when it talks about husbands and wives, there's a, a part in there that talks about the man taking responsibility uh, or being being head of the household. I want to say that leadership doesn't start, and I've said this uh, in one of y'all messages, I think. Leadership doesn't start then. It starts now. Um, guys, I want to talk to you guys in the room. It's your responsibility to set, to initiate setting the boundaries. I'll say that first off. Um, thinking about when to set the boundaries. All right. Imagine it like this. Let's say there's two boxes. There's a black box. I love this scenario. Okay. There's a black box and there's a white box. Okay. The white box is a friend box that eventually leads to being a friend zoned thing. So the way that works is you take a person, put them in the white box. After a little while, you think, all right, this is going nowhere. This is a friend. You close that box up, pray about it, make sure. Then you tape it up. You put it on the friend shelf. All right. Then there's a black box. Now there's only one of those because that one is the one you date then you engage, then you marry, all right? The second you realize that you're in their black box and they're in your black box, that's when you need to have the conversation. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Amen. Have the conversation. Also, one more thing about that. Um, I've I've seen this happen a few times. Uh, Two people will figure out what their boundaries are. So the guy will say, well, this is what I feel our boundaries should be. And the girl will say, well, this is kind of what I was thinking. And the girl's boundaries will be more conservative. And the guy will say, man, that's kind of, that's kind of ridiculous. Like, you sure? Um, girls, if that's the approach, then he don't respect your boundaries. And if he don't respect your boundaries right now, don't expect him to respect your boundaries later on. Okay? Guys, if, uh, if that's the case, or whoever, guys or girls, go with the most conservative one. Go with the most conservative uh, boundary. Does that sound good? Yeah. Take it away, Cass. Oh, number five? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, this one says, I feel empty because I am single. What can I focus on not to feel empty and alone? I'm trying to focus on God and let him fill me, but I need more. Mm. Did you- uh, yeah. Okay, well, I don't need more, but let me just say this. I think that um, a way to feel is... By establishing just good relationships, find a great core group of mm-hmm. girls, guys too, that there's, you know, there's no inappropriateness with the guys and that really helps to fill loneliness and um, is just by surrounding yourself with just great relationships and find hobbies, find things that you enjoy. There's no reason you need to be in your room on that stupid phone at all hours of the day just Preach, on this girl. phone y'all these phones are gonna kill y'all i mean i my god when i was growing up we played outside we were not in front of okay anyway anyway yeah but let me just say stay on the task miss maria oh um yeah and, and i know that needing more is basically saying i feel lonely i need a i need a relationship i need that man to fill you but the truth is most of the time, that's not going to fill you because they're going to screw up. And if they end up hurting you, guess what? You are far worse off than you were before. She's right. So let me just say, especially now your age, and I'm not saying, oh, um, I'm against dating. No. But I, I just feel that especially right now, y'all establish just great relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And don't jump into this serious dating relationship because – 
99% of the time when you start dating at 15, 16, 17, or 18, these relationships don't last and you end up super just depressed and broken and messed up. And if those guys or girls cross those boundaries on you, yeah. you know, it's not a good situation. So what I would encourage that needing more, just, it's a fairy tale, especially at y'all's age of, oh my God, it's so romantic to have somebody and just, no. It, it's not going to last. Us. What? You're killing us, Maria. No, it's, it's the truth. Question. My God. It's true. I know. I want to. Because I wanted to say something. Oh, too. go, go, ahead, go okay. ahead. Okay. Piggyback off of what she said. She's so, she's so right. I, I want to take the part where it says, I feel empty because I am single. Y'all, she, she was right with saying, find some hobbies. Listen, yeah. do you know what your spiritual gift is? Have you ever taken a spiritual gift test to find out what God designed for you to do? Because I tell you what, when you are walking in what God has called you to do, they hobbies, serving, whatever, when you're walking it, I mean, what God has called you to do, you feel fulfilled. And yeah. guess what? If you are fulfilled, then you don't feel empty. And you know what? She's right. It world and really media can make it so fairy tale. But guess what? Being in a relationship is work. But it's worth the work when it's God. That's right. And so it's not worth it if you're just doing it to fulfill something in you. When you date or get in a relationship to fulfill something in you, it's so empty yeah. and it leaves you more empty. However, when you date or get in a relationship to fulfill God's plan for your life, it's a totally different thing. And so we got to be careful as to why we want a relationship, why we want to be with someone. Is it because we have a need? Because it won't work. It's mm. going to make us more empty. Or is it because God is God's will? And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to speak to the emptiness. There you go. Pastor good. No, I think it's good. I, I think we're running out of time, so we probably should move on. That, 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 uh, that pretty much sums it up. Okay. Um, so I just want to say one more thing real quick. Um, about the um, what can I focus on situation? There, a lot of the, there's a lot of common thread here. Um, well, look, let's just go to the next question. I'll, I'll chime it all in there. Thank um, you. How old is too young to get married? How old is too young to get married? I'll say this. Let me speak to this one because this is how we teach our son. He's he's you know he, he's at he's at that whopping age of eleven, and yeah. so um, you know and, and so let me speak to the guys. Not as much as age, uh, but life situation. First and foremost, you know, what is your relationship like with the Lord? What is your character like? And then let's just talk about some practical things. As a young man, what, what's too young to get, to get married or what's too old or whatever? However, what's, the age is really not as much of a situation as the situation itself. Bruh, Do I you have a say. job? <laughs> Do you have a car? Do you have your own house or place to live because if you don't have a, a, a job or a car or a place to live let me see about raising ladies anybody want to marry a guy with no car or a job or a house you want to go back to their mama's house does that interest any anybody i'm seeing one person like maybe you might think it sounds cool now but believe me it's not okay so i think it's more of a situation like where are you at in your character in your life are you responsible listen i'll say this i encourage all and i used to and i still do i'll say this i encourage all young men 
And this is not always possible. I have friends that didn't do this and they got successful marriages and they're successful in their homes. But I guess because I did and I saw the benefit of it, I encourage all, especially I'm speaking to the young men, I encourage all young men to move out your parents' house for a time and live on your own first before you yeah. get married. Because mm -hmm. that teaches sure. you how to be responsible, I have mean. your own place, pay your own bills. And, you know, mama's not around to, to cook for you and daddy's not around to go help change your oil and do all those things. Good. And it's good for you to build character, build responsibility in a trial run. And again, have spiritual authority over you to help you with your character. You walk with the Lord. And I think so it's more life situation than it is an age. Yeah, and also, oh, another important thing is, can you keep your eyes on one person? Because man. a lot of people want to get married when they got their eyes on a bunch of different people. So if you can't keep your eyes on just the one person, yeah. then you're not ready for marriage. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Yeah, and, and just real quick, also, a lot of times we want to jump into something, but we are so unprepared ourselves. Like, there's things that I need to work on in my life right now. I don't feel like I'm ready to get married. And I'm very, very, very old. And so, you know, so be patient. Yeah. And people change. Yes. All these people in here, how they are right now, in five to six years, they're going to be different. And so, you know, don't start getting married right now. <laughs> no. Very good. Yeah, very good. I, I do want to say something about that question. Um, and, and you hit on it, uh, Pastor Brandon. It says, um, yeah, how, how old is too old? By the way, it's 8 o'clock. If you got a roll, I won't be offended. But I want to I say this before you go. Um, I would say I wouldn't focus on the age. I'd focus on the position. See y'all guys. I'd focus on the position, kind of like what Brandon said. Like, what is your position spiritually? Like, are you, are you really in tune with God? Are, are you serving, like, are you serving God because you want to serve God? Are you going to church because you want to go to church? Like, are you spending your time with God because you have a relationship with God? What's your position with God? Because if that's out of line, you're not gonna you're not gonna be in position for somebody else. And the other thing is, what's your position emotionally? Do you have to have somebody? Because if you have to have somebody, what happens when that somebody, like your wife, can't be there? What what are you gonna do? You gonna look for somebody else to fill that void, or or what? Are you gonna be faithful? Um, the other thing is financial. Like, what's your position financially? Hey, the truth is, like, I totally agree with what Pastor Brandon said. Um, Again, I, I never want to make like a gray area, black or white. Could it work? Sure, it could work. What I, what in my opinion, I would totally live on your own. Um, and you know what? Let me say this, um, ladies. I think it's great to be independent as well for a season. Never be in a position that you need. I've seen people. I've seen ladies jump into relationships because they need the the, the financial support or they need those things. Don't get yourself in that situation. You know what I mean? Like when you get married, get married because because it, it's what God is is lining up for you. And uh, and then really quick, last last thing, um, it kind of goes between this and question five. I wanted to say like I had a high school sweetheart for five years, and then I had like nowadays it's such a thing as a college sweetheart because everybody goes to college. So I had a college sweetheart, if you will, for three years. The truth is that you know God spared me from them and them from me. Because they would have been miserable being a pastor's wife just because that's not what they're called to. So, like, pay attention to what your calling is and your purpose is. If I would have ended up with one of them, I probably would have been influenced away from doing what God wants me to do. That's and good. So everybody has something in here that God wants you to do. And that person you marry is going to be complimentary. They're not going to distract yes. you from your calling. Yes. So if you'll focus really on good. God, 
that'll be the situation. So, hey, guys, um, did anybody have anything last minute to add as we close? Anything? No? I know it's kind of time, so. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, hey, we also, we might do a round two of uh, Q&A at some point because I think I enjoyed it. What do you I guys did. think? I liked it. Yeah. So we might it was do that. good. Again. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? Keep the questions coming. If we get a lot, we might do a round two coming up. This is just on the fly statement right here. Didn't plan this out. But um, but hey, why don't we stand? Uh, you know, we're talking a lot about purity and we're talking a lot about uh, practical things and spiritual things at the same time. And uh, those things really intertwine with one another. You know, you've ever, you ever heard that expression, people are too heavenly minded and no earthly good? That means that the translation for that would be, um, man, you can get your head so far up in the clouds, so to speak, that you're not practical about what you're studying, what you're reading in your Bible, the conversations that we're having here. Um, so that's not a good end of the spectrum you want to be on. The other end, though, is to not acknowledge that this is a spiritual thing and think you can do all this stuff on your own strength. Like I said before, you're not going to beat a sex drive. God put it in you unless you use the wisdom of God and the grace of God. And so there's a lot to chew on, a lot to digest here tonight. Um, and I just want to pray over you guys. And um, as we pray, I want you to just pray your own prayer to the Lord. I'm going to pray over you. I want you to just pray your own prayer to the Lord. Ask God to, to bring back up some of the questions that we talked about. Ask God to have a, have a dialogue with you about what we talked about tonight. Maybe some of those questions you never thought of before. And tonight's the first time that you've actually heard them. Uh, maybe you're one of the people who asked that question or had the same question and you feel like there's something to that. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask um, the panel if you can and, um, and any of the altar workers to kind of space out around the room. I know this is a topic of discussion you may not wanna walk up to the front for. So after I pray, if you want prayer or if you'd like to, to chat a little bit about what we talked about tonight, please find a leader or, or somebody on the panel if they're available uh, to pray with or talk with. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you're allowing us to get together. God, that you gave us the topic of conversation, that you prompted students to ask these questions. And Lord, that we don't have to do all these things on our own. God, that you give us the grace and the empowerment to live a pure life, that you give us wisdom to make wise decisions when it comes to who we marry or how we pursue purity. And God, I just thank you that you surround us with leadership and you surround us with people who really do love us, care for us, and really want the best for us. God, I just pray over every student. Lord, I pray that every student would continue to just have godly wisdom, to be surrounded with godly counsel, and every student in here would be led graciously to the person they're supposed to be with when they're supposed to be with God. Most of all, this is what I pray, God. I pray that you would mold every man in here to be the man that you want him to be and every woman in here to be the woman that you want her to be. God, I pray that you would mold every guy in here to be the husband that you want him to be and every girl in here to be the wife that you want her to be. And Lord, even, even as far as parenting, God, I pray that every man would be the dad that you want him to be and every girl would be the mom that you want her to be. Lord Jesus, we can't do all those things and be all those things without you. And so it's in your name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.